Where, whereabouts did you say that you are? Florida. I'm in I'm in Florida right now. So, but I'm from I'm from Canada, Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I used to go to Florida all the time in in my my off season. We used to go to Florida all the time. My mate, he had a house uh, in Florida. I think he still got it. Um, but he lives Nigel. He lives over there now. Um, I'm sure he's in Florida. Pretty sure of it. What part of Florida though? Um. Where is he? Where is he? I don't think he is he. No, he, is he Fort Lauderdale? Or maybe that rings a bell. He may be there. I'm pretty sure he's there. We used to we used to go by. Oh man, it's been too many years. I can't even remember. Um, but I, where I know is because we used to drive from his. We used to drive from there to Tampa. It used yeah. to take us about wow. hour forty five, and then from Tampa we used to drive to uh, Miami on I ninety five all the way there. And stay for the weekend, long weekend, and then drive all the way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a lot of driving. Good time. Right there. That's a lot of driving. That's good. Time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's take time, take turns. There was there was a lot of us. There was probably like five five of us that used to go uh, on holiday. So mm. the yeah, uh, the driving got shared. So it's pretty good. Nice. And where are, where are you right now? Currently, you're in England. Yeah. What, yeah, what, yeah. That's yeah. Sun, well, I, I wouldn't even say sunny. Um, it's like uh, almost near the Midlands. Um, I used to. I, I'm from London, so I, I lived in London my whole time, and then um, just moved up into Northampton now. Um, and they're just operating out of here because my facility that I train athletes in is in uh, rugby, which is like literally half an hour down the road. So it's a quick journey in um, and quick journey back home, and obviously uh, alleviates any motorway or anything like that. So there's not that much traffic, so it's pretty good. Yeah, I've been I've been to England two times. London is beautiful, very 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 nice. But it's it's always raining, always. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's even even now it's like it's sunny. Even now it's sunny, but it's 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 just cold. There's <laughs> never it's, it's we have to wait until like until summer actually is officially here. Then it starts to warm up a little bit, but it does rain a lot here. I'm not gonna lie, it does. It does rain a lot. I mean, it was raining this morning. <laughs> that just tells you everything. It's meant to be raining all week. All right. So I want I want to be respectfully. So what, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I want to be respectfully of your time. I, I know the calls for 30 minutes. Did you have a little bit of extra yeah. time to add on to that, like 10 minutes to it? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Okay, so let's dive into it. All right. So are you cool? Um, you okay, so is is it cool for you to introduce yourself? I'll do the little I'll do the little introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, okay, cool. All right. So, hello, my name is Cream Ray, and I am the founder of One Soccer Nation. Our objective is to help aspiring soccer players to achieve success in the beautiful game we both love. All right. So today we're here with Wade. Wade, can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, good. Uh, I am Wade Small. Um, I used to be a former professional football player, now retired, um, and then have my own facility. I used to play for uh, teams as, such as Sheffield Wednesday, uh, MK Dons, Wimbledon, uh, Charlton, Blackpool, Aldershot, Chesterfield, um, and then just end up retiring at the age of 30, just due to uh, uh, some knee uh, issues, and thought I might as well uh, get myself and give myself back to the game and, and, and try and help out uh, aspiring athletes and, and players um, to kind of show them what it actually takes as well to be at the top level. And obviously from 
me again from your, anyone that you you have in your elders they're the people that you kind of uh listen to because they they uh have made all the mistakes so they're trying to guide you on the path but again uh everyone else paths different and and people are allowed to make their own mistakes but we kind of guide players and and sportsmen and women um into the right sort of direction and they can make their own mistakes and just avoid certain things so yeah that's that's me former professional footballer uh turn coach uh to to some uh, athletes and boxers and sportsmen and women nice that's amazing and it, it always seems to be that it's a, it's an injury sports man sports injuries but how long was your career yeah. though uh, so basically I was, I played from, I was at a professional club from the age of nine years old all the way to a professional club when I was 30 years old. So um, it was, it was probably like just over sort of 20 years, uh, my full, um, full football career lasted. And then professional was just over, uh, just over 10 years. Um, and then obviously was that a professional team and then you have to earn your contract and everything else. So, so I earned my contract at the age of uh, 17, 18, 18 years old. Um, and then uh, this, that was it. Just just went with, uh, in, in terms of professional clubs and then um, just ended up retiring at the age of 30 just due to uh, some niggling injuries that I had. Um, and then that was it. That was it. And then on to the next next phase of my life. Understood. And we're just that, you know, we're just, Matt, we're diving back in time. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, of the beginning of your, you know, where soccer all started for you? Or I know in England, we, you know, they say football. I mean, that's football. truly what the, sport, yeah. the name of the sport is. But I mean, you know, that's what we call it over here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, it means the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it basically, it basically started, I mean, in terms of, when it first, first began, it was my uncle, my mum always told me, was taking me to the park at the age of about three, four years old, uh, coaching down at Arsenal Football Club. Um, and then he used to take me all the time, but unfortunately he passed away. Um, and then I just carried on with the football and kind of just was a literally, I say kind of, I was addicted to it. Um, I literally wouldn't leave it alone. So um, it was kind of just, just that was it really I think I had a passion from when I was younger um, and I literally never stopped like like I'm talking about never stopped and 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 I think that's the difference between the average person that wants to be a footballer and the the, the, the person that actually has a passion for football um, there's a two different things like just wanting to be a footballer will only get you so far having a passion will get you uh, further and and obviously some dedication and and discipline and uh, sacrifice as well is is a major thing in, in uh, actually becoming a professional without being you can't become a professional without sacrifice I don't think so um, all those nights out and when uh, <laughs> some of your friends that you're you're growing up with that actually get to go out on and you're like nope can't do that <laughs> can't have to stay in and 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 just stay in disciplined and and um, and it's hard work as well which a lot of people nowadays will just see the glitz and glamour of the actual football and this person's on a hundred grand a week and this person's on $150,000 or pounds a week and only see that aspect rather than the actual, the come up of how he actually got to getting $150,000 a week. Um, and I think people just jump to that straight away rather than actually seeing sort of like the behind the scenes, which I think slowly but surely people are starting to do now because 
Um, there are professionals that are getting training outside of their club or their actual trainers and sort of obviously with the social media and putting it up there so they can see how hard it is and, and the hard work as well. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not an easy career, but uh, it is uh, sort of like one of the best careers, I would say. I'd say if not for me being a little bit biased, it is the best career, but um, there are its ups and downs just like any career, I guess. Um, and you just got to, you just learn and adapt and, and move forward, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And most, most, everything that you just mentioned, I'm not too sure if you know of, I do, I do talk about in my book. I'm not too sure. Did you get, did you get a chance to see it on the LinkedIn? No, 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 I haven't. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, it's called, I want to No, be you got to show me. Send yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will. It's called, um, I'll send you a copy too. It's called, I want to become a professional soccer player, the ultimate guide to become a professional soccer player. I wrote it back in 2018 when I was 18 years old. Published. Yeah. It, took, it took time to build up the confidence to then go and publish it on Amazon and share it with the world, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. So 2019 published it. And then, uh, yeah, ever since I've been, I've been rolling with it, snowball effect. And, you know, you talk about sacrifice and, you know, was it easy for you or was it like, I'm missing out? Uh, no, I think it was, for me personally, I found it, I felt like I was missing out a little bit, but at the same time, I just had too much of a drive and a passion um, just to be a footballer. Uh, and, and even I was sort of like in a YTS, I don't know if you can, a different term will possibly be like when you go to uh, maybe say NFL when they they do maybe they go to college and and stuff. There's a there's a certain period between 16 and 19 basically, and it's a YTS, it's a, a scholarship basically, same as like US. So you got basically within those three years in order to kind of earn your contract. If you're good enough, you you could get your contract at 16, or you could get it if they're undecided, you could get it at like 19 or a bit later. <clears throat> um, so you, you do have certain avenues that you have to go down. But for me, it was very easy to stay disciplined and just slip straight into this football life. And I, I, I think it was good that at the age of 16, you leave school and then you just get thrown straight in. So you're actually at the training ground and stuff with men. So it kind of makes you grow up very quickly because you can't sit there and if someone tells you what to do or to go and get that book, run this, run it. If you're actually feeling sorry for yourself, it's, it's never going to work. If, if you're sort of like always, if you can't take criticism as well, it's never going to work. Uh, you kind of need to learn how to be, adapt and become a man straight away when it comes to um, YTS setups, because you do get thrown in straight from school where you're hanging around all your mates all the time and it's all uh, people around your same age, straight to you could be now in a team with a 35-year-old that's had a career for the last 20 years 15 20 years and and he's telling you what to do and stuff so uh yeah i i think it's really good and it's very easy to slip into as long as you just throw your all into it i mean if you want it that bad just like anything i think you'll adapt very quickly and what that's the process that you went through correct yeah yeah that's it uh left school um and then uh had a yts contract uh, for the three years and then from there just you get your three years to kind of earn your contract your pro contract and then earned it within then um, and then just become a pro and then that was it man the rest is history so uh, so from 16 to 19 which is three years so who was that with though what's what's the name of the club uh wimbledon wimbledon 
When were they? Uh, back in the day, they were they were they were they're they're known for in England uh, to be called the the crazy gang. So the likes of like Vinnie Jones, you know Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna you know look. Vinnie Jones, the actor. Well, he's not. He's that. No, no. Do, no. So do you know? Um, is it Snatch? Is it Snatch the film? He was in. He's in a couple films. It's called Snatch, and I'm sure one of the famous ones is Snatch. He's in. Um, so he's in those, but he used to play football. So he was. Uh, he was. He played at Wimbledon. He was almost like the icon legend, like him. Um, there's another guy over in America that's actually in the MLS that um, I think he is a commentator on the games over there. His name's Robbie Earl. Have you heard of Robbie Earl? No. No, you see, yeah. So if you get, like the MLS, I think he's in commentators. Yeah, he's, he's basically in the MLS. He's been in America for a while now commentating, but he used to be at um, Wimbledon and I think and possibly he retired. So when he left Wimbledon, his number was vacant, so it was a number eight, and I got that number straight away. So it's a privilege, and um, he played for Jamaica as well. So it's that's pretty good. That's amazing. That's amazing, Smith. Yeah, played for Jamaica, Wimbledon. Yeah. So, 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 Wade. So that was one of my good, uh, amazing accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, you talked about playing with older guys at a young age. Did you have any mentors in within the team, or was it outside of football? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the boys that were, I was growing up with, as soon as I went to Wimbledon, they, they were mentors to me anyway. They were, there, was a, there was a lot of us that were there that kind of either grew up in the same area or the same that kind of could relate to each other. Um, so we, we, we were getting, us youngsters were getting mentored by them on how things are. But I, again, we just <clears throat> adapt and, and learn very quickly. And we had a good manager base system at our club as well, um, which I, again, I would say that they were sort of our mentors in it as well. And I literally, for me, I couldn't ask for a, a better youth team or a better um, sort of experience coming up as a youngster at the age of 16, coming through the ranks and, and, and having a YTS system set up for me and coming through Wimbledon. I think it, for me, it was like one of the best uh, systems and setups and one of the best experiences um, that I've ever had in my life and I would never ever ever <laughs> ever um, take that away or, or, or change anything that's happened um, uh, within that as well so it's pretty good. That sounds amazing and I can imagine the, the amount of growth that you had in that time period. Yeah yeah oh yeah yeah so in terms of like um, sort of speed and just it's just the whole thing of changing going from just your normal sort of playing football to now going to actually a professional setup and and being amongst and train and, and coming in and training every day and certain rules and and cleaning up the the sort of the showers and cleaning the manager's boots and moving goals and collecting ball everyone had a job as well it wasn't just a possibly what maybe people think about football is just coming in playing football and then going home, that's it. Like as a youth team, you you have chores and it's kind of building you as a man as well. So you do have responsibilities within that. You don't just turn up for training and someone cleans your boots and um, and someone moves the goals for you and, 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 and people collect the balls for you. Like you go, you, those balls go, like there's 24 within a packet at, at the beginning of the stage. There needs to be 24 
when we're ready to uh, pack up. And I think that was uh, humbling as well as a, as a child because you, you come up, uh, you're in school, obviously school's a bit different, um, but now you're a sort of a man, but within a different field, you're not in a, a man in an office where possibly a lot of people could be sort of your age and such. And maybe you go to college with a few of them. These are, are grown men and, and it does make you adapt very quickly. And I think it's, it's, it is kind of, it's quite good. I, I, I liked it. I like the setup. I like the discipline about it as well. Um, and I think people could probably do a, a lot more of it um, just so you don't get into just doing what you want, saying what you want. <laughs> like there's a, a certain protocol that you would follow. Um, and then uh, by the end of it, it's obviously up to you how you, you take on certain information and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely the way forward. Yeah. And when did you sign your, your first professional contract? What year and how old were you? Oh, uh, it was, I think I was 18. So it was about, it might have been, geez, this is like 19. It might have been like 2000, maybe. What are we into? Maybe 2000, maybe. Yeah, maybe around 2000, 2000. I'm pretty sure it was. That doesn't even seem that long ago when I say 2000, because I remember back, but now I'm looking at the, it's 2021. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Um, and yeah, I was 18 years old, 18, 19 years old. I think I was maybe just coming on to my 18, uh, 19th birthday. Um, but yeah, very, 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 uh, very young. But there are players out there that sort of sign their contracts at the age of 16. Um, so that's, that's even younger. It's just... Yeah. keeps you more disciplined you have to have even more discipline as a 16 year old and there's a lot more pressure on you being a young pro as well um without that sort of like added experience of anything what are the pressures that come with it being that young and then signing you know a professional contract that's that's the dream right there what, what kind of pressure comes with it through your experience yeah. from being at uh, 18 back in 2000 okay so um i mean when i was 18 and i signed there wasn't because a lot of us were, there was a couple more that was signed when there was 18. There was, a, I wouldn't say there was a pressure on you directly because once you do sign that contract, this is, it's almost like a weight lifted off your shoulder because you got to think of, there's certain boys, there's a whole load of boys that are within the team that don't get pro contracts. So it's almost like an honor to actually be and have a pro contract at that age. So you, for me, I didn't really feel pressure when I signed my contract, I felt pressure more before the contract came um, versus actually when you get the contract. When you get the contract, it's almost like a relief and you're like, oh yeah, right, I've got it. And now this is when the work starts. So in terms of, I'd say, if you want to say pressure, I'd say you would have that be like, right, this is where the work uh, starts. But I was more than excited to get my pro contract. It was almost like me getting my pro contract was almost like me getting my first pair of boots. That's how I felt. I felt very excited and confident and right. I think it was a, a sense of self-achievement as well because it's your talent that basically gets you that contract and nothing else. There's no one else can just say to you, oh yeah, nudge you on the shoulder and be like, oh yeah, do you want this contract to make that? You've got to earn it. So um, I think that came from it as well. And I think it's a sense of um, achievement and, and having that self-belief in yourself, getting you that contract. So it's, it's, I don't think there was uh, any pressure as such. It was just more exciting times ahead. I think that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, all positive things. And did any, you know, once you put pen to paper, did anything change? Did, did you 
did you feel a certain way about a thing like now I'm getting paid so now I have to reach um these amount of stats like did anything change in the pressure or you know what you had to do on or off the field that what changed as soon as you signed so yeah I say the thing that changed was my uh wage packet obviously um and then obviously that was a good thing being young and um and and having a pro contract uh but we remember we live in different times now so in 2000 there wasn't any uh social media or anything else that you had to like post anything or you just see now the times have changed you have that added pressure of people make themselves um sort of they 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 bring pressure upon themselves by because of social media and because what's on there and having to fulfill a certain lifestyle having to live by a certain way whereas we got the contract and it was like the only thing you see is family so that was that was the main thing for me it was like my in my head I was in my head I was like I want to buy my my mom and dad a house uh, and I want to buy uh, my mom and dad a car that is literally in my head as soon as I signed that contract I was like that's what I wanted to do um, I didn't get to buy my mom and dad a house. I kind of helped them with their house, but I bought my mom and dad a car. Um, nice. So that was kind of like good times. And that was one of my things that I was like adamant or I wanted to do as a, as a footballer was the first thing was, as soon as I got the contract was give back to my, my mom and dad. That was it because uh, I think when you, you're a footballer, most people in football come from a certain background. Um, so they're not necessarily wealthy and all their mums and dads are loaded and loads of money. You come from a certain background playing football. Um, so you kind of have this thing of when you grow up, you want to give, I, for me personally, I wanted to give back to my, to my mum and dad because of the sacrifice that my mum, when she took me to football and when my dad and my mum was driving, I remember my dad's car broke down and he was trying to fix it on the side of the road because he had ended up taking me to some game that was so far and his mm-hmm. car broke down. So it was more of as soon as I got that, it was appreciation and and just look to my parents to see if how, how much I can I can help them out. Because when you grow up, for you to realise that your parents are don't have money and, and still willing to do the most for you, mm-hmm. um, I think it takes some gratitude and, and a little bit of humbling and, and kind of you have to look at yourself and be like, is this really... If we talk about football, is this really just about me? It's not. It's not at all. I've got, I've got my mum and dad that are there that are, have been struggling most of their life. So I'm about to change things. And, and I think in terms of pressure, maybe that would be a little bit of pressure to, to say, like, I have to make it because I want my mum and my, my dad to live in a big mansion and a nice house and stuff like that. I think maybe possibly that might be the, uh, the kind of pressure that you have, depending on the type of person you are, right? Right. Some people are not family people. They're 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 more self-driven and and everything for themselves. But it's not taking it away from them. And some people are are a bit of both. And some people are are, are solely family-driven. Um, you just have to fit, kind of figure out which one's for you, really, and and which one uh, serves your life. Exactly. And, and and through those experiences, it 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 sounds that those built you up of built up the mindset of this is not only for me, but this is for the family as well. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, we lost. We lost you there. Would would you would you agree with what I just said, or or, or disagree? Right. Yeah. No, hundred percent, definitely. Um, I think there's a lot of times that you can look and see when you see like young footballers, 
And if they do get big contracts when they're young, like really young, say under 21, um, there's a lot of the times that you'll probably ask them and be like, yeah, they'd say, oh yeah, help my mum and dad get a house, uh, bought my mum and dad a car. Like those are on the list of things. And I think it'd be very unlikely unless the parents were sort of like rich to saying they didn't want anything, very unlikely you wouldn't see um, that happening. Um, so it is, it is a proud moment, it is a good thing, um, for, especially for you to be uh, giving back to your parents. I always say like, um, at certain times when it's like your birthday and everyone's like, me, me, me. I'm like, <laughs> your birthday wouldn't be your birthday if your mom didn't give birth for you on that day. I think most of the time you should be going up to your mom and thanking her on your birthday rather than you just celebrating it and everything, everything being about you on your birthday. It should be about the person that brought you into this world. I 100%, 100% agree with you. And Mother's Day was just yesterday too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, was there anything that you did differently to get where you wanted to go? Or was it just a simple process of mastering the basics? Like, what was your? What did you did you wait? So for me, me, I was sorry. Sorry. Wait, let me ask that question again. I made it way too complicated. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to cut that out. So what did you do differently to get where you wanted to go? Okay, um, I would say I probably played more football than the average person. Um, and I trained in, even in my back garden. I mean, I, there's probably wasn't many times where you wouldn't see me um, playing football. So I think if anything different wouldn't be me actually having training. And that was the only time I played football. I think I always played football, even if I had time in my back garden or there was nothing to do I was in my back garden playing football versus uh you'd have say kids nowadays where they have so much technology that the technology takes up the time so you think about a lot of these kids that are on technology while they're on technology I was in the garden playing football (laughs) that's that's me that was that was that was my my upbringing from in terms of how I um sort of found my passion and I, I never stopped I, I even created just in my head it was like I'm just going to do 100 kick-ups I can't even remember how old I was but I did not stop that whole day until I reached 100 whether it was, if I got to 40 then I'd start again if I got to 94 or 99 and I didn't get it I would start again from one and go over again I think it's just that dedication um, that I carried and, and and having that sort of self-discipline I think I think that's what's good about some some sports I think you can have that self-discipline installed into you just through sport alone. Like you, most of the time you didn't even need to be told by your parents. Like if you have that passion, no one needs to tell me to go and clean my boots. My mom doesn't need to tell me to go and wash my boots. I already know I have to wash them because I love these boots so much that I want them to be clean every single time I step on the pitch, whether it be training or whether it be a game. So I think that in itself started self-discipline in myself just through uh, good habits through that. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Lots of amazing things being shared right now through this call. <laughs> Wade, what are three things that you would share with aspiring soccer players growing up right now that want to become professional footballers? Wait, did I say soccer okay, players and footballers? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, soccer, soccer players, footballers. Let me, let me redo it. I'm using thing, so right? I know, I know, I know. But just because in England, respectfully, I want to use football in this in this call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> all right so wait what so, are so for me I would, yeah yeah let, uh, let me just repeat it i'm gonna i'm gonna cut it out when i edit it but yeah so what are yeah, three yeah. things that you would share with aspiring footballers that want to go pro oh just three right i would say the first one has to be uh passion I, I, I can't even stress that enough in you can't give someone passion uh passions for me is only created in certain types of discipline when you have it within the sport if you show discipline within a sport there's probably passion behind it so those two go hand in hand so it'd be passion um and discipline um and then what i would say is a massive one is the most is is actually just believing in yourself that's it so you have passion dedicate uh discipline um and believing in yourself those are my top three without those it'd be pretty hard um to become a footballer because uh, i think if you don't have any passion for what you're doing then you're not really going to care if you don't have discipline for what you're doing then there's going to be no regime there's not going to be you going out into the garden and practicing doing 99 kickups and, and maybe getting to looking around and be like, oh yeah, telling everyone that you've done 100 when you've done 99. Mm -hmm. So you got to have discipline as well there. Um, and I think those, definitely those are my top three um, within, if you want to be a professional footballer, I think without those, it's very hard. If you don't have self-belief as well, that again, you got a load of people keep telling you, no, maybe you're not good enough. I got told I was um, uh, not, not, um, I wasn't tall enough. So that was a, a major factor for me. I'm, I'm like five, seven and a bit. Um, but when I started going, I was actually very, very, very powerful. Um, so like I could sprint, I was very fast. I could jump high. Um, so that was it. That's almost what I ended up focusing more on as I become sort of growing into a man. And at the age of 16, just realizing how quick I actually was. Because before then, everyone was like, oh yeah, he's quick, he's quick. I didn't realize it. I just was just running past people. But I think once you do realize it, you kind of have this discipline again, the self-belief, um, and then just you just go for it, basically. And I think that's uh, those are the major ones to kind of stick to, um, especially for for youngsters. I think they that is that is the case is having that discipline and not being told when to go play football. Like you have the passion, so um, they have all the tools in order for them to uh, kind of look up skills or anything they want to do and challenges. And maybe just uh, for me, just spending a, a lot less time on um, gadgets and computers and, and get back to sort of natural um, thing because there's nothing more natural than actually you have a, a football and you can use your left and right foot and know how to do it. <laughs> that, to me, that's, 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 that's such a talent given. I never, you probably got taught how to play football, but no one, no one could expect what, was, what I was doing with the ball in between my feet that's that's a that's a god-given talent and you have to use it exactly exactly and so you know leading to the time we're living in right now 2021 20, where has football led you so it's it's i mean it's led me to having some really really obviously really good friends um in football i've, I've got a couple of my best friends um that i've i've met when I was playing for Wimbledon um, and still to this day, we still talk. One of them is obviously what I was saying is in America um, and then the other one's over here. So just that alone, obviously discipline and it's led me to actually learning 
there's, I think it was Socrates, basically, I think it was a quote that he was saying, and he was basically saying, for someone to be, for, for a man to be an amateur and not be a pro is almost the, the biggest regret that anyone would have in their entire life. And I think it's, it is very true because there's a certain level that you reach when you get to a pro versus uh, amateur. It's, there's a certain level of self-belief. There's a certain level of discipline and stuff that comes with it when you're actually pro. And, and to actually feel your body that fit, like that's elite level fitness um, that you get to. And, and you literally feel like you can do any, like I, if someone said, oh, right, you have to run a marathon. I would, I, I would be able to do it just because of the level of fitness that you have. And to have that level of fitness, you got to think that's, that's coming internally outwards. So you're, you're projecting all these feelings. So no wonder why you can see when people are so fit, they actually have more confidence and, um, and they have a lot of confidence when they're really fit because it changes your mood and all your insides from the outside blossoms out. And I think that there alone, I think is, uh, is, is obviously is a godsend as well. To feel that fit um, is, I, I just, you can't explain it to anyone. They just have to feel like there's certain people that would reach a, a level of fitness and be happy with it. Whereas football is elite level fitness. So there's times where I was like, I can't even get any fitter. And the fitness manager would be nonstop, repetitive, and and you would just actually realize, be like, oh, actually, I have got a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Then you'll get to another level. Then you'll be like, oh, I've got another level. And then there's just certain levels that you get to, and you're like, you can feel, you're like, right, I'm at my peak of fitness right now. And you can run up all day long and sprint and do all these rep, like literally everything, multiple different directions, and recover really good, and then carry on again. Monday training, Tuesday training maybe Wednesday or Thursday training, Friday training, Saturday game. And that was my whole entire life um, until the age of like 30. Yeah. I mean, there's always a next level to reach. Yeah. So now I'm here. I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now. Wait, where did it go? Oh, yeah, you'll see. There's a there's a post on there I just put on and that's the uh, the other that's one of the guys that I played with at MK Dons, basically a football team. He was playing with me. He was a bit younger than me, but um, in terms of what you were saying is uh, where's obviously football brought you to now is now I'm in business um, and we own our own uh, facility that trains athletes, and I'm actually um, with one of the guys that I used to play with. Nice, nice. That must be that must be really nice to to be partners working with somebody that you knew from the past and now you guys are doing business together that, that must be really nice so let me see yeah. the gym's like we wanted to pick uh, an american style as well american influenced uh, gym that was it's like a snc uh uh facility so it's american style that's what we're going for we love the double shutters and and also the, the the american theme and and how they sort of uh conduct themselves in sport um i love it Yeah, it looks it looks really nice. I haven't got it. Uh, it's, I haven't been able to see it yet because I'm I just haven't seen it yet. But I'm gonna look into it. Uh, yeah. Congrat yeah, congratulations on that. Um, yeah, thank you. Welcome. So, elite coach future. You've been featured in 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 four four two. I want to talk to you about that after. But sports uh, mindset coach. <laughs> uh, being down in, down here in Florida. 
I mean, like even with COVID, everything is a mental aspects first, right? I mean, that's where everything starts. So you being a, a how long have you been a sports mind, mindset coach for? So I'd say, I would, I would even just say, for me being a sports, I would say, it's, it's, it's hard to say because, because of my career, it's kind of implemented it in my brain without me even knowing just because of the experiences that I've had. So I've actually been coaching people on their mindset and even the average person for a very long time, let's say last six, six, seven years, I'm 37 now, um, and just coaching on, just taking a different aspect. But in terms of just for these athletes, this has probably been probably the last sort of almost a year, almost a year just going through actually coaching mindsets to actual real athletes um, rather than your average person because I think sometimes when you think about um, your average person an athlete's mindset is insane <laughs> like that like the average person doesn't think the way we would think in terms of I um, need to get to a level of fitness like they would possibly just be happy with oh yeah I've just got a little bit of a couple of packs and I've got um, I'm a, I feel kind of fit like we're not stopping at that we're like I'm reaching this level like I'm here at the minute I feel good about myself I know there's more like we always push ourselves and I know there's more I know there's more I know there's more and there'd be a certain limit where we'd be like oh actually now I've reached it and I think that's a that's the difference between sort of like your average Joe say um and your sports men and women they just have a different mental um outlook uh, on life and and in fitness as well and and just a different mental aspect as well I just think they'd it become you become a lot stronger in that terms of getting knocked down and the only way you can be is positive in sport otherwise if you're negative in sport then you're either going to lose or you're on the losing team basically um, and no one really wants to lose they might say oh, are you trying to be a sportsmanship but if you ask all of them deep down no one no one wants to lose yeah i i 100% never ever <laughs> not one get not one game not one training i didn't want to lose no training sessions i didn't want to lose a training game I didn't want to lose in a match. I didn't want to lose not one single thing because you don't want to get used to that losing mentality um, and that feeling of, of losing as well. It's the worst feeling. And I think you just want to get past that and actually be like, I want to win and I want this winning mentality. And I want to feel this way all the time. There will be times that you lose. There's obviously when you, the way you bounce back uh, from it, you just don't want to get used to losing. We could dive so deep into that because it's like, all right, you can have the mindset of always winning, winning, you know, related to Michael Jordan, winning, winning, winning. But what about the outside influence or outside uh, things that you can't control, right? You could only influence, right, by motivating, yeah. say, hey, do your job or, you know, come on, pick it up, this, that, and the third. But, you know, when you're saying winning, 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 you put it all on yourself or is it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that we win? Like, how, how do you go about it? Yeah, I think for me, I probably just throw my, my all and I will, if, if, if there was possibly someone not doing something, I would try and do my job and try and do their job just to try and help them out. Um, because obviously you, you get built into a team sport. So you're like, right, if someone's not doing the job that you think, or they're struggling, and it's a term of, right, I can help this person and still do my part uh, as well. So whether I need to get some crosses or I need to score a goal or 
whatever it may be, I could do that, but there's nothing stopping me from helping someone else as well. So I think it's, it's because of sport and because you're in a team game, um, you do have that aspect where it's like, say for instance, like boxing and stuff like that. It's like, right, you get in the ring, there's no one else. Whereas when you're on the, on the, on the pitch, you still got other people to be mindful of and, and try and help out as well. You're not just, just helping yourself. So I think that kind of makes you grow. And that's another aspect of, of uh, football that brings the mental side of it uh, with sort of when you're growing up as well is, is that care and that dedication to not just yourself, but to others as well around you. Okay. So, uh, that, I mean, those are all the questions. Wade, I really appreciate you taking the time to let me interview you. Um, where, can, where can the viewers find you? No worries. Uh, so I'm on Instagram on smallzy, which is my second name, small, uh, smallzy underscore WKS. Um, and then we are on Instagram. My, my business page for the uh, facility that we train athletes in is uh, champions.in.action. Um, and that's on Instagram as well. Um, and also, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn uh, as Wade Small. Um, that's, that's, that's it, really. Yeah, and let, just let them know about the gym again, what, what you're doing with the gym and where you are. Oh, yeah. So, so basically, we're in uh, the Midlands in rugby um, and we train uh, boxers. We have SNC uh, coaching um, and we get basically people ready, fight ready, game ready. We do camps there. Uh, we just done a camp for Chris Congo, who's a welterweight. Um, we got another heavyweight on the, on the cards as well. So. Uh, we've got a few we had a netball player we have and that's the thing it's just not just football based or soccer bases it is all sports we're dealing with um we have a sandpit in there as well which is unusual but we understand in terms of like what a sandpit can do to training so i think with it we've we've brought in our experience through football and uh some unorthodox type uh not your usual treadmill and cross trainer in the gym type thing because we realize that <laughs> it's not the tread cross trainer and treadmill that gets you fit it's it's the person inside. So, um, yeah, we have we have a good sort of uh, equipment based, and it's, it is the way forward. And we've kind of looked and had experience on on a load of different sort of equipments and stuff, and seeing what is the best thing. And especially for athletes, because I think sportsmen and women we train differently. Uh, we can't just squat and and just do a lunge and and then that's it. Like it's, it's totally different. You reach different uh, depths and. I think what is different is that you have to learn how to be able to train under fatigue because there's not one time you'll be in a game and you'll be running with the ball and you'll put the foot on the ball and you'll be like, oh, hold up one sec. Uh, I'm tired. Let me give me 10 seconds so I can recover. It doesn't work like that. So that's the major uh, point in our training as well is learning how to train in fatigue. So that is uh, sportsmen and women alike. Wait. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Uh, no worries. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the recording. Uh, that was it. That was amazing. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Cool.